we are doing our worst on this November afternoon. We would have been filming in the morning, but uh, newsflash, it still took my wife a little while to get ready again. Oh, yeah. Blame me. Blame me, mister. I got to watch football on Sunday. Yeah, I watched the football game. I watched Seahawks and, you know, saw Gino, you know, have a big doo-doo that, you know, cost my Seahawks a game. Yet, while the game was going on, I was watching and doing a little bit of preparation for the show. Yet, Adriana, who was supposed to be getting ready, was not ready. And then she got ready, and it was close to 11 o'clock. And she's like, you said 11, not whatever time at 11. And so then here it is around 1140, trying to get ready to get on with everything and she's like see i was ready by 11 i was ready by 11 right it was before 12 was it or was it not before 12 that i was ready so i was ready technically i was ready at 11 you didn't say 11 30 11 you said 11 i was ready at 11 something more so so technically you were not an hour late so i mean i guess you could say you weren't an hour late exactly Oh, so I guess, you know, if you're not an hour late, then that's an achievement. But then again, based off of going to some of, you know, your family events and seeing how, you know, well-timed things are, you know, it, it must run in the family. It, babe, babe, you know, I'm probably the best one when it comes to time in my family. I'm probably the best one. Okay, so... Don't give me that. I'm 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 pretty good. I'm under an hour now. Under an hour late. But how long did it take you to get ready? It took me over the time, but not <laughs> too much over. I guess it didn't fly over the cuckoo's nest where I should be going to get away from this. But so to kind of get started with what we're going to discuss on this week's episode, this past week, the previous week was midterm election and thing that we constantly heard throughout leading up to the election was we we're going to see a giant red wave and that democracy was on the line. If you followed any Democrats on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or you followed any of the rallies from anybody, whether it's on the Republican side or Democrat side, there was just this big fear mongering that was going on. And granted, when you're in politics, you're trying to convince people, you're trying to stroke a little bit of fear within uh, for them to vote a certain way. But it just seemed like lately that the fear-mongering has gotten even worse. Adriana, what do you think about some of the fear-mongering that we saw leading up to this week's election, or this past week's election? Mm, I feel like what happened to the days, I mean, if they ever existed, where we just talked about our goals, you know, or at least the politicians' goals in their position, you know, like, it seems like it's gotten worse and worse over time where you know it is a lot of fear mongering on both sides or on all sides you know and and i feel like people are starting to wake up to it and it's like 
tell us what your what your goal is tell us where you stand on certain issues and you know then let us decide all this fear mongering whether it's from the politicians themselves or from news outlets it's just i don't even want to watch tv i don't even want to you know i want to keep up at the same time i don't want it to consume my every day because a lot of it is you know if if you don't vote for us then you know all these other bad things are going to happen and it's on both sides you know and and it's a little i think it's a little it's gone out of hand in my opinion what about well, you the, the thing that has been um i think uh, i think a lot of people will always kind of say this too is we all need to stop watching all these national news outlets so much whether it's you're watching fox news cnn msnbc newsmax there's so many damn different news outlets now on national tv and we got to stop listening to what they're trying to put in our heads they're trying to put into our heads that oh if democrats take over the world's gonna end if Republicans can take over, you're not going to have any civil rights and all this other stuff. And yet, you know, if we, if we just kind of look at how our lives change a little bit through each election or, you you know, you want to look at from a little bit more of a national stage. Our lives haven't changed that much since Obama was in office or when Trump was in office. And now when, when Biden's in office, you might pay a little bit more, a little bit less in taxes when you have certain people in office, but it doesn't change that much. And then it doesn't help that we have politicians that are really challenging the institution of this country with how we're supposed to be voting and what we're supposed to be trusting. I mean, I understand that, you know, trusting the government is a thing that's very hard to do because we know the government isn't necessarily the most truthful entity out there. But if we say, for example, look at what's happening in some of the, the voting in some of the states like Arizona, where it just seems like the counting has taken a lot longer than people would like to. But if we just look at previous elections, this is usually kind of the time frame. People talk about, oh, man, we don't want the election rigged or the elections you know, going to be rigged. It's going to be in favor of one or the other. Yet. The people that work in these election offices that are doing the counting, they are everyday people in your community, people that don't have necessarily an agenda for obviously they probably have you know certain ways where they feel about voting for certain people. But just because you like someone else versus the other doesn't mean you can't be impartial. And what they're doing in the election office in Arizona is they're making sure that they go through the right procedures to make sure the signatures are verified and to make sure that that the voters are who they say they are and not, you know, as you know, we've heard before, oh, a certain person voted twice or someone that's dead voted. And so all these measures that people don't like, like I understand wanting to, you know, get something quicker, but at the same time, too, I'd rather have it be right than for it to be, you know, this microwave oven where it's just so quick. Yeah, but I mean, I guess I would kind of argue in, you know, in some ways, at least in my opinion, like 
politicians and political, you know, stuff, I feel like it kind of is rigged in a way. Not so much the counting and the everyday people counting the votes, but like more so, you know, these big corporations that are backing, you know, these politicians, like there, there's so much money that goes into them. You know, I feel like in in some ways people aren't necessarily wrong. I think we just, we hear what we hear on like, news medias and through like word of mouth through people that we know you know and and we kind of believe it because so many people say it you know but you know maybe there is some truth within the lie you know but what it is we will probably never know but yeah in my opinion i feel like you know there's so much money that goes into politics and i wish we could get rid of that i mean it's wishful thinking you know but it it would be nice to have you know the straight up regular people in office who know the struggles of regular working people there's just so much money that's in politics that it would it would be crazy to think that these politicians on all sides don't get swayed to vote a certain way because of the money they receive from these big donors and and it's funny you said that and we'll kind of get into a little bit more of uh what dave chappelle said in his monologue for opening for saturday night live this past week but a little bit in his monologue he was talking about how trump rigged the system right and how he openly sitting there chanting yeah i rigged the system i don't pay taxes you know essentially <laughs> pounding his chest being proud of it right exactly. and so then he you know made some comment you know about oh hillary and obama kind of sitting over there watching and talking about oh yeah let's get the you know tax code system fixed but why haven't they changed it because then it would affect some of the backers of them too right exactly and so when you really start getting into the money of things on both sides of the political aisle, it's unfortunate how much we have let these giant corporations or just individuals with lots of money help try to uh, influence people. And and the bad part is, I think when you know, we have too many people listening to, and it's not just the national you know news outlets. It's, you know, all these different various podcasts, we're a podcast, but we have these political podcasts, political radio shows where they're just hearing so much information out there where it's telling you to fear the Democrat, fear the Republican. Yet when you go out to your everyday life and you're working, you're out in your community, you're surrounded by Republicans, Democrats, and you you interact with them well. I mean, granted, you're always going to run into someone that's just a jerk or a dickhead or, you know, racist, whatever it could be. Yet, more times than not, you're going to find someone that's just like you, and maybe they have a little bit different political beliefs. I mean, talk about Adriana. I know from, you know, your current job and your previous jobs where you've talked about where, you know, they're not you know, necessarily, you know, Democrats or they they're more have that conservative view. You know, me and you, our political views, I would say, are more to the moderate of the Democratic side. 
but we're also people that really try to listen to people on all sides and we don't necessarily get offended by everyone. So Adrian, talk about though for you working with people that air quote don't have the same political beliefs as you. Yeah, I feel like I've worked with a lot of Democrats and a lot of like Republican people. Um, and I feel like a lot of us have the same goal, like the same goal is to, you know, provide for our families and have a decent life. That's essentially everybody's goal. You know, sure, we may have different, you know, a lot. I think a lot of it comes down to like a lot of like uh, faith driven goals that are that I find the most difference in, you know, like abortion rights and, um, you know, like just believing, having a faith, you know, I feel like that's really the big difference that I see in, you know, Democrats and Republicans, you know, um, so I don't know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't struggle working with either side, you know, it's like, they're just people. Democrats are just people. Republicans are just people, you know, and, and as you said, you know, you have assholes on both sides. I've dealt with some pretty asshole Democratic people, you know, just vice versa. Same for Republicans Some pretty assholes. There's some assholes out there, you know? Um, so it's, yeah. And I feel like as we've gotten, or at least as I've gotten older, I've realized like, holy shit, I think I'm, you know, starting to kind of lean towards more moderate or even Republican views, not necessarily like faith driven, but just overall, you know, um, yeah, so it's kind of been interesting to kind of see that transition within myself. And I think a lot of it too is, um, I come, I, I grew up in California, you know, so the California ideology, you know, as people like to say, um, yeah, I would say it is kind of like living in a bubble where, you know, you're a city folk, so you know better than, you know, the country people. And, you know, and it's like this weird ideology that's kind of rampant in California that I, I'm kind of grateful that I got out of and got to kind of experience other parts of the country that kind of helped shape my current view on life and politics and everything. Um, so yeah, I feel like, you know, it, it's people are just people. We're all everyday people. And a lot of like politics and, and news are, I hate to say it, but I feel like sometimes they're just trying to divide us and and a lot of it comes down to wanting our votes you know and 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 it's just trying to get away from that control they have over us and just reminding ourselves that we're all fucking people we're all you know we all have the same goal we all want our families to live a decent life and you know and and you know if you if you have a different point of view than i do that's awesome like i'd love to hear it i love to hear different points of views you know because then you know, you never know like maybe yours makes more sense or mine's makes more sense and we can you know grow together if not then we can agree to disagree but i'm not gonna not be friends with you just because of how you vote you know and that's 
kind of the thing that has really, I think, gotten lost over, I'd probably say going back to the 2016 election is just because of how polarizing of a figure uh, for President Trump was. And just, you know, unfortunately, you know, he ran on some, I think, hateful things that uh, and, and that's the thing, you know, with uh, trying to then, I guess, if someone supports that type of person, then I know for sometimes like, man, what type of people support, you know, some of that hate or some of that speech where you're just so rude to people. Right. And so I think that's where a lot of it comes from as far as how people then are, are have been so, um, I guess, separated from each other without understanding like, okay, you know, maybe, you know, for me, you know, I, I hate Trump just because I don't like how he's treated people and how, uh, you, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in how you treat people. And, um, so like for some people though, if you don't necessarily, it's, it's okay for you to not have the same political beliefs as your friends or your family. We all have family members that maybe are on the opposite side of the party spectrum where you you don't necessarily agree with all the things that they say, but you can have conversations. And that's the thing that so so many people are losing in today's world, not just in politics, where you you try to have these conversations and someone might say something where it's like, man, that sounds really offensive. That, That really makes me mad, right? Versus trying to then to understand and try to see more context and with what they're saying and because you know we're in such a world now where we want everything so instant that then it i think our emotions become or you know sometimes we will think their emotions need to be so instant too and uh so but like getting back to the political spectrum and how uh we can be better and it's accepting others for having different views. And I think as you were kind of talking about with leaving California and being able to, I think, get outside of that bubble from the Southern California area and be able to, you know, you started in, you know, the Southern California area, then moved on to Phoenix, you know, two different political spectrums as far as where you go from, you know, pretty liberal to more to the conservative side. So you're able to see, okay, these people are conservative or they have these conservative views, but they don't come from a hateful space. And I think too many of us think if we don't agree with someone or they don't have the same view that we have, they're coming from a hateful area, right? Versus actually communicating with them and seeing what type of people they are. Because that's the thing that gets so lost in the whole political thing is trying to just judge the people on the people, right? And I think that's something that we actually kind of saw within the election results. If you look at it, say, for example, in Georgia, Brian Kemp, the, you know, reelected as governor in Georgia, he won by, you know, I think it was five or six points almost in Georgia. Yet we see in the Senate race, with Warnock and Herschel Walker, it's essentially dead even, right? And so, you know, when we start then looking at other, uh, I mean, just look in Colorado, look how with Jared Polis and 
Michael Bennett, how big of victories they had in the state. But then we see how close it was, especially in our district. We're in Colorado District 3, where Adam Frisch is, uh, has been taking on Lauren Bobert. And it's a lot closer. And the counties have uh, gone a lot different. And so those are some of the things that have been really interesting within this political cycle. Yeah, going back to Trump, I know, I know Trump. Um, I think a part of me really thinks he got into office to begin with was because people wanted to see change in the White House. They wanted something out of the norm. I felt like people you know, just kept getting the same spiel from each president, president after president after president. And they were just tired of it, you know? So I think, yeah, you know, people are tired of, you know, essentially getting bullshit from politicians, you know, and, and just essentially them telling us what we want to hear, you know, and not actually following through with, what they're promising so i think that's why he actually that's just my opinion you know i'd love to hear everybody else's opinion on it but yeah it, it's i think people are just tired and and i think right now too like it's a confusing time like i don't think people want to be too risky with who they vote for nowadays because of president trump you know it's like I think people took a chance on him and, you know, was interesting to say the least. But, yeah, I think right now people are trying to weed out what's bullshit and what's not when it comes to politics. And, you know, and, and it's it's kind of tough. And, and we've kind of had this conversation with my dad where, you know, he's brought up where, uh, we need to get rid of at least, you know, especially when we're looking at the ballots. And I think just in general, I think we need to get rid of the whole, you know, party system because too often people, they just look at the ballot or they, you know, see a candidate and, oh, they're Republican. They're Democrat. I'm yeah. going to agree with the one that air quote that my party, or at least the one that I think I belong to the most is supporting i mean if we look at for example just say you know herschel walker in georgia herschel walker is a terrible candidate <laughs> if you just look at all the things that republicans proclaim they stand for with the family values and uh and we look at what's happened with what's come out with herschel walker and you know all the things about him paying for abortions for previous girlfriends and his own son, Christian Walker, having an issue with him essentially not being a good dad and all the things that have transpired, you know, after, you know, he was born. Yet Republicans still want to sit here and, you know, try to prop him up just because he's in the party. And I even saw a conservative radio host, Dana Loesch. She was talking and, you know, she said she don't give a shit about what his views are on certain things. She just wants him elected. Because he's a Republican and because then it would help us get power. And so if we were able to get rid of the two party system and we then were able to start looking at people more as people 
and not just a party. I think that would be a big thing to help trying to get our political system back in check or at least become better. And I think helping society be able to engage with each other because we're not looking at, oh, you support Republicans, you support Democrats. Oh, I don't like you. And that's just not how life is because, as I mentioned earlier, in our community, you're going to run into all sorts of life. You're going to run into Democrats, Republicans, Libertarian, Green Party, Independents, whoever it might be. And it's accepting others for who they are. Everyone always would say, oh, I want everyone to accept me for who I am, right? But then, oh, they don't, they don't follow my beliefs, so I have to kick them out. Oh, and it's just, it's not how life is because we're in the United States. We're in a great country where people can have different religions, different beliefs, different values. And that's what makes our country so great. Moving on to Colorado just recently passed a Proposition 122, which is basically decriminal, decriminalizing um, psychedelic medicines or plants, uh, however you see them, um, particularly psilocybin and DMT, which is huge. I feel like that's huge. Like that's something that, you know, growing up, I've always been interested in, in uh, psychedelic medicine. I feel like you know, it can be used medicinally, especially you hear about them doing research and um, studies for people that suffer from PTSD and, and, you know, depression and anxiety. You know, somebody that's dealt with anxiety myself, you know, this is very promising, I feel like, you know, um, so it's, it, it's really cool. I don't know if I'll partake anytime soon, but I feel like in the future, I'd like to. You know, and it's like, why not? Why not? In my opinion, babe, how do you feel? Well, um, it's one of those things that it's, you know, kind of like how marijuana was out there where, you know, people really wanted it. They can go and find it and use it anyway. So why uh, why not be able to you know, make it legal for medicinal purposes where it does have a big benefit? We saw it with marijuana and how that was able to help a lot of people with anxiety with medical issues with pain and so if it's, it's one of those things if um you know this is something that will genuinely help people then why shouldn't it be legal yeah i agree um you know do you feel like you'd ever partake no Oh, no, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I feel like it could be a great thing, you know, and I, I'm sure it's going to be great. Um, it looks like it'll, it's for personal use, like say if you want to grow it at home or, you know, also there, it looks like it'll be for like uh, centers, like healing centers. So, you know, if you want to like try it in a, facility with staff that are there to watch you like that that's a really that's a cool option because you know not everybody has a you know a place to safely take it you know and and so i think it'd be it's gonna be great you know only in colorado and i would just add on to one thing though is i think any different avenue compared to going on with pharmaceutical drugs 
I think it's it's a big uh, plus versus again you go to having to get on hooked on whatever drugs from the pharmacy exactly. and trying to rely on that versus just natural things that are available. I think because then like for one, granted you might I think could it <clears throat> we'd have to I think there have to be more study to see like what the addiction is like with uh, the psychedelics to get more into that, but you know, when we look at marijuana and I, and that's the hard thing too, because we hear, Oh, marijuana is not a, a addicting, but then why, you know, can some people not lay off marijuana when they need to, you know? So I guess that'll be the thing that uh, will be interesting is as they do more studies with uh, the psychedelics is how it does affect people in a positive way or negative way. Yeah. I feel like, again, I've never partaked in psychedelics or at least willingly. Um, <laughs> um, that's for another day, people. But um, from my understanding, psychedelics are not addictive, but I feel like anything could be addicting. You know, even marijuana, you know, if you have that personality, like that biological personality where, you know, you can easily be addicted, addicted to things, then, you know, it, it's, can be addictive to some people, I feel like, you know, um, but anything could be addictive, you know, sugar is addicting, um, you know, anything can be addictive. So yeah, um, just depends on who you are, I guess. I guess I was going to add, because I did say earlier, uh, it's only in Colorado, but technically it's not only in Colorado, I believe Oregon as well, allow decriminalize psychedelics. So little you know, want to add well, Oregon's full of hippies. Well, yeah, Oregon is full of hippies, you know, um, they're all high, apparently. So we're joining them, I guess. One thing that has gotten my eye this week was an article in the New York Times talking about how women in collegiate athletics have taken, I guess, maybe the wrong approach to taking advantage of the ability to make money for their name image and likeness essentially be able to take any endorsements and one person that came up was olivia dunn she is a gymnast at lsu and she has various different sponsors some of them include american eagle planet fuel and this gymnast she has over i think two million followers on instagram six million on tiktok and in this article, though, it was talking about where they actually quoted Stanford women's basketball coach Tara Vanderveer, and she mentioned how it is a step back that these women are taking advantage of this ability to essentially make money for essentially taking provocative photos. If you go on and you look at Olivia Dunn's Instagram, you'll see you know she's having kind of little seductive photos, right? And I don't get this attack on how it is so wrong that women are taking advantage of essentially what's there to them. If they wanted to go out and do whatever to make money for themselves outside of collegiate athletics, they're more than likely not going to make the type of money they are now. And if you look at it, this is a 20-year-old. Olivia Dunn is 20 years old. Who wouldn't take advantage of this opportunity? Most women 
that age anyway would be doing the same shit on Instagram and TikTok that they would, even if they weren't getting all these extra money from endorsements. Adriana, what do you think, especially for you being a woman, about this issue? I think it's bullshit. Like, don't tell me, unless I'm hurting somebody, don't tell me how to make money or how I can and, and can't make money. You know, good for her. Go make her million dollars while she's in college. You know, like, good for her. She doesn't have to rely on her parents or struggle in college. Like, why the hell not? You know, it's like, and it's always what women are doing wrong and how we're not being ladylike and, you know, and how we're hurting other women. It's like, no, not every woman wants to be the spokesperson for every other woman out there. Like, I'm going to earn my money how I earn my money. If you don't like it, that's your problem. It's your personal issue. It's your personal opinion, you know, and it looks like the opinion came from like a coach. Like, I don't know. The first thing I thought, like, are you mad? Cause I'm making more money than you. Like, that's not my problem. Let me do me, you know, as long as I'm performing how I need to perform, don't worry about how I'm making money. Okay. You do you girl. And I guess I'm, I'm curious why though there's this expectation that, everyone has to be essentially a hillary clinton every woman needs to inspire to be uh condoleezza rice these women that are in these high profile positions that are using their mind it's okay if you want to go be a ceo be a manager be whatever field you want to be for a woman right but if some other woman wants to take a different avenue and is doing things that oh it's doing like old times where they're using their sexism to sell and it's like sexism is everything i mean if we just look at life unfortunately people make such big judgments just based on looks of everything and not just people we look at things like oh we see maybe an influencer using something and maybe it doesn't drive you to use something right away but You'll remember, oh, I saw such and such using that thing. They're a trusted person. And so I, I just don't get this where for women, if they want to use their body, I mean, and she's not even posing naked. It's just, you know, dumbass shit in bikini or, you know, doing the stupid Instagram model foot faces, you know, where it's just, and it's <laughs> like, you know, who gives a shit? And, and I think, the fact that there's women that then come out to then kind of kind of poo-poo on women that are taking a different avenue than you know they would like to see, I think that hurts the cause more than anything because as you're kind of talking about, unfortunately, women I think are each other's biggest enemies. Exactly. Where where women criticize each other for the stupidest fucking things. Yes. And it's just if you're a collegiate athletic or college athlete and you can make money by just for one having a big following and then you get so many sponsors that then want to you know for you to wear their brands and shit it's like why wouldn't you you're essentially making money for doing nothing but doing shit you would do on a regular basis if you weren't being paid and when we look at it, it's like how for how long were college athletics college athletes being taken advantage of by these universities because they are making them so much money and it's like, well, why can't they go out and use their image and likeness to make money for themselves when 
if you look at any other student in college, they can go do whatever freaking job they want while still being in college without getting in trouble. So why can't college athletes do it? Yeah, and I feel like, you know, it's always women. What about these, you know, not that I give a shit, but if you, we want to compare women, you know, and tell women how they're so bad for using their body to get money, like, it, who cares? It's her body. Let her do what she wants to do. You know, she wants to show it, let her show it. She doesn't, cool, awesome. You know, but you also have male athletes, you know, who promote freaking, um, gambling on your phone you know but nobody bats an eye about that because you know it's fine it's all dandy it's all good it's all good for you know male athletes to do what they need to do you know and 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 they do no wrong but as soon as a woman takes her freaking shirt off or puts on a little skimpy shirts you know it's an issue and and yeah it usually comes from other women unfortunately and it's like we're we are our biggest critics and you know, like, obviously, I'm okay with calling somebody out if they're wrong, if they're wrong. But, you know, when it comes to female on female, it seems like if we're not, you know, all buttoned up and covered up, then, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're destroying women and we're, you know, we're not promoting good, you know, we're not good role models, essentially, you know, and it's like, it's just old and tiring. And it's like, let her do what she wants to do. You know, she's in college. Like, why, why do we want to see her struggling? You know, it's like, she's doing great for herself, you know, and it's like, good for her. And that's the thing. I mean, if, you know, especially I was, you know, older person and had be able to, you know, the influence that Tara Vanderveer has on athletes because, you know, she is the winningest college basketball coach in women's basketball history. And if you see someone, an athlete being able to make $2 million while still being in school, it's like, why wouldn't you stand up and give a round of applause? It's like, who gives again, as long as they're not hurting anybody, why should it matter? And like for me, I tip my hat off to whether it's women or, you know, men do have the chance. But, you know, we know it's more likely that women are going to be able to make money more so off their body than men. It's like if you can literally make money by just showing your damn body like in a bikini or just, you know, a little seductive shit and you make a ton of money more than, you know, someone could make by working 40 hours a week without very much you know time off like why wouldn't you be standing up and giving that person a round of applause it's like take advantage of the damn system take advantage of that you know there's idiots out there that want to give you money for essentially doing nothing but wearing a brand putting the brand in you know your photos putting a brand in your videos it's like everyone would fucking do it as we mentioned earlier in the other topic talking about uh, when we were talking about politics and uh, I brought up Dave Chappelle, he was on SNL after the midterm elections this past week. And he gave a monologue where he was, you know, he talked about a lot about, uh, you know, brought up Kyrie Irving, uh, Kanye West, and he, he brought up a lot of issues. And I think, you know, 
the monologue was really interesting in the sense that you know i i think a lot of people saw it as you know dave Chappelle attacking jews and uh i think being anti-semitic himself and supporting some of the things that uh you know Kyrie or kanye were doing and unfortunately i think that's getting lost in what he was actually doing with his monologue and because if you you go and you actually watch it and don't just go watch snippets of it i think he was kind of talk about the irony of uh how sometimes you can't necessarily talk about different uh ethnicities or religions because if you do you then start getting these labels and you know we i saw that so many snl writers were uh threatening to boycott or you know we're not gonna you know write for the show and it's just going back to that politics thing it that's kind of that issue that unfortunately society's having where again it's like you don't necessarily agree with someone that much and oh i'm gonna boycott and i'm not gonna show up for work and i'm not gonna do this or that adriano you saw dave chappelle's monologue what did you kind of think of what he said in there well he's a comedian you know like i think there's a lot of like read between the lines in his stand-up you know and and it's like i thought it was funny i thought you know i feel like people do kind of you know take things verbatim you know take things serious and it's like he's a comedian you know why are you taking it i don't know why are you taking it so seriously um i feel like yeah you unfortunately we're in a place in our country where you can't speak freely about you know how you feel and and whether that's about different cultures or different you know ethnicities and um you can i think he touched on the truth you know a lot of what he said was a truth you know and and again he's a comedian so you know that he kind of finds a way to talk about real issues in a comical way so it's like i don't know I, and and about those writers i feel like man like again people have different opinions on everything and that's a beautiful thing that we have in this country we're allowed to have different opinions it's a beautiful thing so for somebody to you know not want to show up to work just because you don't agree with bob or whoever it's kind it's just a little entitled you know and it's it's i don't know it doesn't look good it's like you can't hear some you can't be around somebody who has a different opinion or different belief than you do shows more about you than it does about that person you know because we'd all we're all human we all see life through different eyes that's just what it is and not everybody's gonna want the same things you want for yourself and that's okay long as they're not hurting you what the fuck's the problem you know and and so i don't know i thought it was funny though one of the jokes are not even just i mean I, obviously you say jokes because again being a comedian but he he made you know a joke where he said oh we just because there's a lot of jews in hollywood we don't assume 
you know, X, Y, Z. Then he went on to say, you know, there's a lot of black people in Ferguson, Missouri, but they don't run it. They don't run the the city. And so I think that's what was really interesting about his monologue, where, again, I think he was talking about how sometimes it's hard for us to talk about other religions, other uh, ethnicities without sometimes feeling like, oh, we're you know attacking them. And exactly. so I think that was kind of the biggest takeaway that I had from it, because, you know, kind of get into a bigger picture and for maybe if, you know, some of someone in your family is listening, they'll know who they are. You know, <laughs> we've, we've talked about the issue because it's come up. Oh, because, you know, person in your family. Oh, I'm Hispanic. I can't be racist. Right. And yeah. we hear that a lot from, uh, I think, certain people where they think, oh, that's because I am a minority, then I can't be racist. I can't be hateful against anyone, right? And so I think that's where, you know, we kind of get into like Chappelle's thing and kind of look at it in a bigger uh, view. I think that's something that is, I think something that's bigger than just what, you know, he was talking about with just, you know, kind of the Kyrie and Kanye thing with some of their comments about uh, the Jewish community. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, growing being a person of color, you know, I have experienced people of color that are racist. It it's it's and from my point of view, every race is racist or has been racist or knows family or has family members that have said they, racist things or they it's, have you know these pre-existing you know thoughts about different yeah, races exactly, right exactly and you know i don't know i feel like people like to pretend like oh no you know like i'm perfect i've never said anything racist in my life you know and, and it's okay you want to pretend okay you want to be perfect that's great you know um great for you you know and, and I mean, just like you know the uh george lopez episode remember when uh jason's about to move in with them and he you know george lopez makes a comment oh now we're gonna have to go down the caucasian aisle and get mayonnaise and we can't get the sauce that's too hot you know and so you know, like unfortunately a lot like everybody has these pre-existing thoughts on different ethnicities because that's just kind of what was kind of built into their mind and exactly. so with dave Chappelle, though i think that's what he was kind of aiming at and where he was trying to go with uh his monologue with some of the things that he was talking about because again sometimes like if you're just pointing out certain things where it, it comes off as, oh, you're being stereotypical or, you know, some people yeah. go on to say that certain things are racist, you know, and it's just, it, it's hard. It, it's because some things are just observations, right? They're not necessarily mm -hmm. coming from a view of, hey, it's like, oh, you know, you notice certain things about uh, certain cultures or certain people yeah. in certain cultures, and it's not necessarily coming from a place of hate exactly that's a good point you know not all of it is from a place of hate and yeah 
that's all we have on this week's episode of Doing Our Worst. We want to hear from you, your thoughts on what we discussed with the fear-mongering and politics. And if you did have a chance to watch Dave Chappelle's monologue or even watch the full episode of SNL, we want to hear your thoughts on uh, what he had to say. And if you want to continue to join the conversation, be sure to follow us on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter accounts. And if you want to take us on the go, you can listen to us on Spotify, our iHeartRadio, Samsung Podcast, Apple Podcast, and many more. So be sure to keep listening to Doing Our Worst. Yeah.